0: friends. Welcome back to another episode of Grow, Grow, Growing, Grown. I'm your host, Ginny Onige, and it is January 4th, 2023, and I've been having a great year so far. However, 2022 um, was... Not the year that I would have imagined I'd be having And I wanted to share um, that story with y'all Because as we go into 2023 And I'm planning episodes that I want to have And guests that I want to Share with y'all I realized that I've never actually shared any part of my story as of yet So I figured, hey, why not start now? Um, this episode will be unedited as best as I can Because that is something that I found myself almost obsessed with When I first started this podcast um, back in 2021 um, Because I am a recovering perfectionist. And so to the best of my ability, I will not edit down this podcast. Um, That being said, this will be um, at times very um, emotional for me. And it's definitely the most vulnerable I've been on this podcast so far. Um, And I say all that to say that Initially, when I created the concept of this podcast, I wanted it to be a safe place for people to come who maybe were in a challenging spot or were going through a challenging phase of their life and needed um, some encouragement, but I also wanted it to be a place that people could share they're overcoming stories with others. Also to like remind themselves of what they've been through but also to um, give somebody else some hope um, from like a real life perspective, not um, from like what they've researched or in theory, right? But actual lived experiences and failures and Um, Victories and all that So um, I appreciate you being here And taking the time To listen and I just hope that my story Can encourage someone else I promise I will not make it too long However I will um, Be diligent In going from January to December Of 2022 And I even made some notes to um, make sure I stay on track. So just a little bit of backstory. In December of 2021, I turned 30 years old, and I also found out that I was pregnant with my first child. So right away, December was like, yes, this is great. Granted, uh, my husband and I had moved out of our apartment at the end of November, and we told ourselves that because the last apartment experience that we had was not great at all. We were pretty much in a um, a faith journey because we were like, we're not going to um, sign another lease until the Lord says, this is the place. And we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, but that was um the commitment that we made and that was the faith that we had because the last apartment was not um what he wanted for us just because of how horrible it was um so we were like all right next go around god only that's that's the plan so like december 21 I'm ending the year turning 30 which I don't know why. I always wanted to be 30. It was just like once you turn 30, you're grown and you're not a kid anymore. Even though 18, you're an adult. But 30 for me was just that year of you're an adult now. They can't call you a kid. Like you're you're doing the thing, right? And so um turned 30, found out I was pregnant, and We go into January and February, and my entire first trimester, I was sick. I was sick, 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 sick. Um, The from the time I found out I was pregnant in December through my birthday and even Christmas Eve, I had a little bit of morning sickness, but I overall I was doing pretty good. Right, I you know have a little bit of energy during the day, and then toward the end of the day. Um, if I was still awake doing stuff, my body would just kind of be like, oh, you're kind of pushing it. And so I would either get some food and then go to bed, or I would just kind of, you know, relax a little bit, eat some food, and then just let my body come back down to a state of relaxation. Um, and so Christmas day, Was like the day that my body was like, nope, this is happening. Like, you are pregnant, pregnant. And so, all of this time, I have not had an ultrasound yet. And so, um, as excited as I am, I'm still extremely anxious because um, when my husband and I were dating, we actually had an ectopic pregnancy. maybe like three months before I was supposed to go to boot camp. It was very soon. Um, And we had not been dating that long. We only dated for three months actually before I went to boot camp. And so somewhere within those three months, I ended up getting pregnant and it was ectopic. And if you know anything about ectopic pregnancies, you know that um, they're not viable most of the time. And so what happened was – the pregnancy was basically in my fallopian tube. And that's not where babies are supposed to be. And so, if the baby were to keep growing, it would eventually rupture the fallopian tube and I'd have internal bleeding, probably die. And so, I had the surgery to have the ectopic um, pregnancy removed and went to boot camp. Everything was fine. But um, fast forward to January, February, Um, that was like the only thing on my mind, like, okay, I know the pregnancy test says that I'm pregnant, but I need an ultrasound to, you know, ensure that this is viable because, um, I know that one, as I get older, um, my body is not as resilient, um, as it was when I was younger. And so I don't necessarily have the option to just bounce back or to fight off, um, pain or whatever craziness is going on with my body, right? But then also um, not knowing how far along I was, I didn't want to unexpectedly rupture and like have my husband be at work or again, we've already moved out of our apartment, not moved into a new apartment. So we're like staying at Airbnbs and we're staying at hotels. So I'm in all of these unfamiliar places, um, sometimes by myself. And so it's like, I don't want to have a medical emergency in a situation like this. So, um, around February, I think I finally got that first ultrasound and it was such a relief to see that everything was going well. She was healthy and, um, I was healthy, so I was very excited about that. And so, um, actually on our anniversary, which was February 7th, uh, we told our parents that we were pregnant and our parents are in Houston. And so, uh, they're about two hours ahead of us. And so we told them about 10 o'clock, uh, Pacific time and they're in Central so it was actually midnight over there and February 8th is my father's birthday so um, it was really exciting to see their faces and hear their excitement but it was really funny to hear my dad say I knew she was pregnant because i had been telling my mom like oh I'm not feeling well and I think I have low iron because I talk to my mom every Sunday and so I would just... Tell her that I was telling a lot of people that because I wasn't um, ready to share the news yet. And so, for my dad to be like, I knew it, I was like, oh my goodness, that's so funny. Um, And then, eventually, once um, I was heading into the second trimester, I started to feel a little bit better. So, I started going back to work. So, during uh, the time that I found out I was pregnant, um, I was Uh, taking some vacation time from work for my birthday and the uh, Christmas. And then I found out I was pregnant. So then I took off um, a couple of more weeks just because I was unable uh, to work. And because of where we were staying, um, oftentimes by the time I would make it to work, I was just so sick that I was no good um, at all, just being there. And so then, um, going into March and April, um, I was feeling less sick cause I'm getting into the second trimester a little bit and, um, I'm working, my belly's growing. And since we had already told our parents, I was slowly telling coworkers and friends and, um, other family members and, um, I want to say it was early April, we found out the gender, which was extremely exciting. Um, And a funny side note about that, um, when I first found out I was pregnant, um, I was hoping, I guess, for a boy. And so when I was talking about my child, I would always say he or him. And then um, I had two Uh, very distinct dreams that I was a mother of a little girl. Just in two different dreams, my child was a girl. And so after these dreams, I was like, I should probably stop referring to the baby as he. Um, And so I just started going with they. And then when we got um, the results from the anatomy scan, we saw that it was a girl and I was like, ah, mm." Wow. Okay. So that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, that found out. um, We were having a girl and it's like, okay, baby names. And going into um, April, I actually have a very good friend who was... Eh, they weren't really accountability groups and they weren't really discipleship groups, but we had these triads um, that the college ministry at our church um, was kind of like trying out. And she and I were in a group together um, because it started as a triad. The third girl decided she didn't want to participate. And so we became a dyad and it was just me and her going through these questions, having a great time. And um, I met her for coffee one day and was just kind of talking to her about um, just what was going on, where we were staying everything. And she invited us to come stay with her and her husband um, for a couple of months until we could find a place, which was huge, huge, huge blessing. It was probably like a mile from our church, which is where I was working at the time, and um it wasn't too far for my husband to go to work either and so extremely grateful for her and her husband's generosity and it was great for me too because now i have someone that i can talk to um during the day or just in the morning to kind of remind me like, Hey, I'm not alone. I'm okay. I'm living with someone who cares for me. And if something were to happen, I'm not going to be by myself. And, um, it gave me a sense of, uh, safety because, um, I didn't feel so homeless. (laughs) For lack of a better word, I didn't feel so um, just out there as a vagabond. But um, in April, um, my husband and I um, started having some very serious marriage trials and I personally wasn't even sure that we were going to stay together because for a time we were separated and it was tough. It was very, very tough because, um, just a lot of things started to come out that I was not prepared to deal with. I was not prepared to process, And being as pregnant as I was, I wasn't willing to deal with the stress um, for the sake of my and my baby's health because I know that um, there are women who do crazy, crazy physical things while they're pregnant and them and the baby perfectly healthy. But There's also women who have high amounts of stress and the babies don't make it. And again, having the fear from my uh, first pregnancy, I didn't want to risk um, the stress hurting my baby. And so I just pushed everything down and was like, nope, I'm not going to deal with this right now even though it was like right in my face and there was nothing else to do or to think about um but i would say it probably all came to a head on easter because um when i went to boot camp back in 2015 or 2016 2016 um easter was the first holiday um that i spent pretty much spent away from my family. Up until boot camp, I had never been away from my family for longer than a weekend. Um, And I was with people that I knew during that time um, because I was at like a conference or something. But this was the first time that I was by myself and I knew no one and I didn't know what to expect or what was going to happen after boot camp even Like I knew I was gonna get 10 days of boot leave, but after that, I had no idea. So Easter was my first holiday away from family. And then when I deployed, Easter was the first holiday that um, I celebrated while in country. And so for this Easter to have been so heart-wrenchingly lonely, I'm in California, Um, went to church by myself, um, saw friends, smiled, uh, choked down tears, um, took myself out to lunch, took myself to a movie, just doing all of these things to try to not feel sorry for myself. And just as the day went on, I progressively felt worse and worse and worse. And I pretty much cried myself to sleep that night. It was um, very sad and lonely day for me. Um, But it's very interesting because um, as a Christian, I believe that Easter is a day that represents hope. And even though the night before and the day before was extremely dark, like there's a resurrection that comes from that. And literally that next day, um, my husband and I had a conversation, and he was repentant and apologetic and ready and willing to um, change and uh, try to save our marriage, which was um, huge for me because, again super, super dark day for me. And just having that happen the day after was just um, too perfect, if you will. It was like I was having my own uh, resurrection. And so now we're into May and June. And so one of my best friends actually came to visit me um, in June, which was very healing in a lot of ways because um, prior to my birthday, I really didn't have a lot of people come visit me um, since I'd been living in California, which was frustrating and disappointing at the same time because a lot of these people I grew up with and I, well, we were going home during uh, Christmas holidays usually every year, but nobody had come to see us. And so her coming out here um, was really, really nice. And we got to spend some time together and um, me being who I am, it's like, you know, I wanted to take her to do and see everything and eat everything. And um, she didn't have an agenda, which was nice. And so I was able to, Kind of like plan a couple of things for us to do, but we did go to the San Diego Zoo for the first time um, together, which was a lot of fun. 10 out of 10 recommend. Um, and then we also, during this time, uh, found a new apartment. And that was um, a huge God thing as well, because when apartments started becoming available, It was, um, we had applied for a few of them or like showed that we were interested in a few of them, I should say. And this was the only one that like reached out to me and was like, hey, we have apartments available. Do you want to come tour? And it kind of took me by surprise because all the other apartments, um, were like, hey, I'm interested, Hey, I want to take a tour. And then you kind of like wait a few days to hear back. Um, but this person was like, hey, we're ready to go. Like we have multiple options. Like let me know like what works for you. And when we were touring, like it just was kind of like hitting, for me, all of the the boxes. Like the one bedroom Kind of like a family environment. As far as like the community, um, there were restaurants nearby, grocery stores nearby. Um, my favorite park to walk at is like maybe three or four miles down the road. So, and it's not too far for my husband either. So, it was really, 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 really nice. And, um, we toured. We picked one, we signed the lease, and it was just like a super smooth process. There was no, sorry, that was no longer available. There was no, um, there were no hiccups. And so it was very, 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 very interesting how it all happened. And so we were like, okay, this is obviously God. And so we signed the lease in June, Uh, Fourth of July, uh, have my baby shower. Even though I'd already picked the the date for this baby shower and um, everything, I was like, "All right, I have an apartment now, and now I can start planning this baby shower." So I have my in person baby shower on the Fourth of July, and that was a very sweet time for me because even though I invited pretty much everyone like all the, um, staff at the church were invited and I invited all of my, uh, Marine Corps buddies who were still in the area and like other people that I, I just invited everyone, right? The people who showed up were people who had been, have been, or still are very, um, what's the word that I want to use? They're good friends. They're good friends in the sense of when I call them, they pick up. When I need help, but I have not asked for help, they help me. And The outpouring of love that we received was overwhelming, especially since up until this point, like, life was a struggle. Um, It was just very nice to allow myself to be loved on and to um, just show my gratitude for the people in my life. Um, And then... I want to say like two weeks later, we had our virtual baby shower and it was the same thing. A lot of family um, in Houston and in Virginia came on. And then some other uh, military friends who aren't in California anymore hopped on. And again, people that I love and care for who also love and care for me. Um, It was just great. And I look back on... July very fondly because that was the first time that I can recall as an adult allowing myself to be loved on without feeling like I needed to repay that love. And so um, that was really, really sweet for me because um, at the end of July, that was my husband's birthday and um, I took him to a comedy show. We went and saw Tony Baker, great show. And then on August 16th, um, our daughter was born. And I had um, a really great birth experience, honestly. Um, But I believe that if you can do better, or I should say, when you know better, you do better. And so if we decide to have other children, I would like to um, look at possibly um, using a doula or a midwife, um, for future pregnancies. The hospital experience was great. Um, however, there are certain things that I feel could have been a little bit better, a little bit different. I'm not saying that things didn't go well because they went very, very well. All of my nurses, um, followed my birth plan to a T, which was very, very comforting to me. Um, but there's just, Things that I'd like to try going forward, and so that's how August started. And then uh, a few days after she was born, um, my parents and my younger sister came to visit for a week um, because her birth, her birthday, is August sixteenth, but her due date was August fifth. So my parents and sisters had um, planned to come visit during that time anyway. But that was based off of her due date. And so they were literally here like just a couple of days after she was born. Um, And as I'm recording this right now, she's waking up. So we might have to split this audio. We'll see. But we're moving into September and October. And um, it was another hard hit for me emotionally, um, because in early September, um, I found out that my grandmother had passed and that was the first loss that I've experienced, um, in my adult life. My grandfather passed when I was a young child and I've had, um, great aunts and great uncles, um, and some aunts and uncles passed that I wasn't close with, um, all as a child. But when my grandmother passed, it was very, very hard for me, um, because her birthday is the day before my daughter's birthday. And I actually spoke with her, um, for the last time on the phone on her birthday while I was in the hospital, um, And I'm grateful that I had that um, opportunity because I didn't know that was going to be the last time I got to talk to her. Um, But it's also very sweet to me um, knowing that my daughter's birthday is so close to hers um, because I feel like my grandmother was waiting for my daughter to be born um, to leave us and um, I'm grateful that she weighed it but it was still a very hard um, process for me because grief isn't easy no matter if it's expected or unexpected um, and as an adult this was um, a new emotion for me to process so Thankfully, my husband was still on paternity leave during this time, so he was actually able to fly with me um, and our daughter to Houston for the funeral. And um, my daughter was three weeks old when my grandmother passed, and um, she was five weeks old when we um, had the funeral in Houston. And although it was nice to see family and friends, um, that was not uh, the circumstances that I was hoping to see these people under. And so it was very bittersweet this trip, um, and it was also um, a bit of a financial hit for us as well because, like, we just had a baby. And we're, you know, waiting for this impending hospital bill from uh, the labor and delivery. And, you know, three weeks later, we're buying uh, three plane tickets to Houston. Um, So, yeah, it was a lot. Um, It was a lot. And I think I'm still in some ways processing that because um, I want to say it was maybe like two weeks or so after um, we got back from the funeral, uh, my husband had to go back to work. And so now I'm trying to heal and grieve and – bond with my baby, um, all at once. And, uh, admittedly, the bonding process was very challenging in the beginning because, um, with my husband being home, he was kind of the main, uh, comforter, the main soother for her. I was just, you know, the milkies lady. And, um, yeah, those first, Probably like two weeks were pretty hard um, adjusting to just being home with her um, because I want to say the week that we were flying to Houston, I resigned from my job um, at the same time because they had made some uh, changes to the position while I was on maternity leave and I just was not um, willing to go back to work. Uh, so early, because initially my plan was to work from home um, for a few months and then um, ease my way back into the office. But um, ultimately, that was the better decision for me to stay home with her, Um, because I want to say during that time, she also um, ended up with bronchiolitis. And so we had to go to um, the children's hospital, which was a very long, um, day, night, morning for us, <laughs> um, being there for eight hours, but, um, yeah, thankfully, I was able to stay home with her, and I'm still home with her, which I'm very grateful for, um, but going into November and December. Um, things we're looking at, right? So we were able to spend Thanksgiving um, with our neighbors who've become great, great friends, like dear brothers and sisters um, to us um, in more ways than one, honestly, like they're plant-based, they're Christian, Um, they have young children, um, they're black, like so many overlapping, commonalities, and just very sweet people. So having a vegan Thanksgiving for the first time, um, well, for the second time, actually, because 2020 was our first vegan Thanksgiving, and my parents came to visit. Um, But at the time, my parents weren't plant-based. So it was kind of like they were trying it. We were new at it, um, and there was only four people. And this time, there were six adults. So and then two kids, so that was really sweet. Um, and then my husband was also able to purchase um, a new vehicle for himself, which was uh, something we really needed um, because my car. I want to say we were able to pay off my car a little bit before my daughter was born, so my car is paid off. But he has not had like a functioning vehicle since the day before I deployed in 2019. So, um, he was out here making it work and doing what he could. And so being able to purchase this vehicle, um, which is an electric vehicle, which is, um, almost like an investment, honestly. Um, that was a huge, um, weight off our shoulders slash win for us. Um, Because just financially, um, it worked out a lot better. And then I started to feel um, a little bit more happiness um, in my personal life, like personally, but then also in my marriage. Um, We did have a few moments of um, disappointments. And they hurt, but we are both committed to growing and we're both committed to each other. And so it made those disappointments just a little bit um, easier to deal with. Um, They weren't easy, um, but easier for sure. Um, And then... I was also able to host a very small but, to me, very meaningful uh, Christmas tea party um, with uh, the wife of the family that I had mentioned that we had Thanksgiving with and her cousin and her cousin's daughter and then another mutual friend Um and it was very small, but it was very meaningful to me because I've been wanting to host a tea party, not necessarily a Christmas one, but just in general, um, because I love tea. I absolutely adore tea. I'm not a coffee person. Um, I will drink a latte that is heavy, heavy, heavy on the the milky side, but um, I absolutely love tea. And so um my friend also loves tea so that was very very nice um and i'm going to try to stop saying very so much i realize i've probably said very like 18 times now but um yeah it was sweet for me because uh growing up in houston um you have this southern hospitality kind of like born in you and it's not even like a thought to have people over to host um, expectedly or unexpectedly. And so being in California, hospitality is not that big um, in the same way. I feel like California people are hospitable in a more open way. Like they're more open to inviting you in As far as we're all on the beach together, and I don't know you, you don't know me, but we've got extra, like, what are they called? IPAs. (laughs) I'm not a beer drinker either. Team Cider over here. Um, Yeah, they have extra IPAs, they have extra sparkling water, um, they're getting ready to go surf, like, whatever. Californians are doing or maybe I should say Southern Californians because I will not speak for LA um whatever Southern Californians are doing um they're a little bit more open and friendly I'll say they're a lot a lot more uh friendly than I guess you would expect um being from the South however having people over in my home hosting um An event is something that I've been wanting to do for the entire time I've been in California. But between being in the military, all of the rules about fraternization, uh, having some associates that weren't necessarily, mm, I would say, people I would want in my home, um, just made it a little bit more difficult to um, show Southern California hospitality as I like to call it so this was a um this was a huge thing for me but at the same time um I realized that I am an amazing planner I am not the best uh executioner of that plan like I can plan something in great detail and it'll look great on paper but when it comes time to put that plan into action. Not so great at that, just because um, again, recovering perfectionist and a chronic procrastinator, those two things don't go well together. I'm learning that they don't go well together. And so um there was a pie that I was going to bake for this tea. And between cleaning up the house, caring for the baby, um getting things together. I didn't have time to make this pie because I am also not a baker. I enjoy baked goods from the grocery store, or if a friend makes them, I am not uh, the one who is usually in the kitchen baking things. So if I'm baking something, just know it's probably going to take me twice as long as the recipe calls for, because I'm going to be checking and double checking what I'm supposed to be doing. And then probably going back and redoing it because I did it wrong the first time. Um, but that was just a lesson for me to learn. And also, um, I really felt like the Lord was kind of molding me a certain way to kind of, well, when I say mold, I mean more like massaging me to kind of show me like, Hey, like I understand what you're trying to do, but lean more into your intention. Um, because you have great intentions, you have a great heart behind what you're trying to do, but you're putting too much pressure on yourself to make it perfect. And people will appreciate your intention more than your perfection. And so me failing at having that pie ready, I struggled with it probably like the first 10 minutes of my event. But when I noticed the ladies were just content to have their tea and some sweet conversation, I was like, why was I really worried about this pie? Like, honestly, let's be a hundred percent real. Why was I worried about this pie? Um, So that was uh, a lesson that I took um, and held very closely, because it was so evident that that's what uh, the lesson was. And then just looking ahead to the new year, um, I was hopeful. I really was because, um, I've not perfected the stay at home mom thing, but I had gotten to a place where I was comfortable, um, going out with her. I was comfortable taking her to her appointments. I was comfortable, um, being with her alone all day while my husband was at work and not feeling like I needed to call him. Every 20 minutes because she was crying or because she didn't want to take a nap or because I was just having an emotional um, breakdown. Like I was growing and I could see that and I was recognizing that. And so now that we're in January, um, some of the things that I learned last year were, I have notes on what those things were, but the biggest thing was, um, faith is not, um, a static thing. Faith is, um, active. You have to have active faith. And, uh, Well, I should say trust is really the lesson, but faith as well. Faith and trust are both active. And what I mean by that is when we moved out of the apartment and we said, God, we're not going to sign another lease until you say, this is the place. We trust you. Yeah, that's what we said. That's what we meant. But we also couldn't just sit on the side of the road with our bags and just say, all right, God, whenever you're ready, just let us know. No, we had to still provide some form of housing for ourselves while we were waiting and trusting. And when apartments did start becoming available, we had to apply for them. They weren't going to apply to us. And so even though we were trusting God, there were still things that we had to do um, on our end to pretty much hold up our end of the deal of that trust. And so that was a very huge lesson. My dad and I had a conversation about it when they came to visit because I was telling him, like, I never knew that trust was so active. Like, there were so many steps, so many steps, so many steps along the way because we applied, y'all, we applied to several places. I remember it was like the, not the day after Christmas, maybe it was the day after Christmas last year, but we applied because there were places that were saying like, oh yeah, we'll have places available um, in two weeks or we'll have apartments available in two weeks. We'll have apartments available in March. We'll have apartments available in February. And we're literally applying to these places day of, we're going and we're, we're touring places day of, and we're getting rejected back to back. We're getting, oh, somebody literally applied overnight, like all of these things that were like completely out of our control. There was like, no, oh, well, your credit's not good enough, or um, we couldn't afford the deposit. It was literally just, hey, somebody beat you to it. And it's like, okay, if we told God that we're going to trust him completely and we're going to go when he says go. If he keeps telling us to no and he keeps telling us to stop, like we would be fools to try and keep forcing something that is clearly a no. So that was a lesson. And then another lesson um, that we learned was that – or that I learned, I'll speak for myself, was that people will disappoint you, but God can heal the hurt. And I feel like that was twofold. Because there were people um, before I found out that I was pregnant that the Lord was removing from my life because um, he knew that these would probably be people that I would try to uh, lean on as a new mom and they were not going to uh, support me. And so to save me... From that heartache, he just removed them early. So I wouldn't even have them as someone to lean on. But then also, um, for the sake of our daughter, right, Um, not having people in our lives that would not be beneficial for her to have in her life, he started removing those people as well. And some of these relationships, like, they, they hurt when they were removed. But over time, trusting the Lord again, having faith that he knows what's best, that hurt started to go away. And he started to bring in other people who were safe people, who were loving people, who were reliable people. And just letting us know that, hey, if you trust me, just like you trusted me before, I got you just keep going and um, that was <laughs> that was very comforting to me um, because I am not very, I'm, I'm weird, all right? I'm not a fan of cutting people off, but I will cut people off in a heartbeat because I love relationship, I love friendship, but as soon as I feel like you're not a safe person, in the sense of, uh, I feel like you're going to gaslight me. I feel like you're using me uh, for your own intentions. I'm done. As much as I would love for this to be a thing, I'm done. And there is no, oh, well, I know I said I was done, but let's try Mm -mm, I'm done. You need to bring something back to me that says, let's try this again. Otherwise, You can stay over there. I will stay over here, and we can both live our lives happily. I'm 100% okay with that. Um, Another key takeaway from last year was that trauma is trauma. Get help. I've been in therapy for a year and some change now Um, consistently. I was doing it in the military, but... I don't think it was as beneficial as it could have been um, for various reasons. But the therapist that I have now, I've been with her since October of 21. And um yeah, she's helped me with a lot. And I'm very grateful for her. And although I have trauma. That looks very different from my husband's trauma. That looks very different from my best friend's trauma. That looks very different from my sibling's trauma. Trauma is trauma. And if you're not willing to um, get the help that you need, chances are you're going to just keep um, living life in a cycle. And I was tired of the cyclic living, so I got help. And I'm grateful that I did because being on the other side, I can, again, see the growth and the healing that's come from that. Um, Another thing that I learned was that faith will get you there. And if you're not there yet, just keep walking. And (laughs) I – when I talk or – when I listen to someone speak, I usually tend to see things like actual pictures or moving pictures or whatever. And so for me, that last lesson is a culmination of my year because. I knew that God was going to provide housing for us, whether it was a townhome that we were renting from someone, whether it was an apartment. Um, It was going to be something, right? Um, Because we weren't going to end up on the street, but that didn't mean we weren't going to be homeless for a little bit longer. Um, But we just kept going. And it was like, look, my faith's going to get me there. And I'm looking around. And I still don't have my own place. So I guess I got to keep going. And uh, like I said, we live about three or four miles away from my favorite park, Lake Miramar. And it's about a technically point nine, seven, nine, eight mile trail, Um, five miles. And I love walking the full five mile trail because it's just beautiful. It's um, the perimeter of this beautiful lake. There's wildlife, there's vegetation. um, And just being in nature is very, very healing for me. And Back in April of 2021, my husband and I went out every day, except on Sundays, and we ran the five-mile loop. Neither of us had run uh, five miles consecutively like that at that time, but we just decided, hey, I'm getting out of the military. We want to be healthy together. Let's do this. And it broke our bodies down. Like, both of my knees gave out, one of his knees gave out. And it's like, I'm turning 30, you know, that next year. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, what am I really doing? But I knew that I was going to finish those five miles. That was the goal, that was the plan. And I knew that I could finish those five miles. But if I looked up and the mile marker said three and a half, I needed to keep going. And so for me, that's what I see when I say, hey, faith will get you there. And if you're not there yet, just keep going. Because if you truly have faith and if you truly believe that, Something is for you, but it's not there yet. Keep going. It doesn't matter if it's relationship, a job, uh, a baby. All of these things were things that at one point I was believing God for. And until I had them, I had to keep going And if I didn't, then that meant that I didn't believe that God actually had that for me. Because I wanted to be a mom so bad, like so bad. But after having that ectopic pregnancy, I was scared. I wasn't sure if I would be a mom biologically. But I kept trusting God. It's like, hey, God, until you say, hey, uh, you're not going to be a mom biologically. You need to adopt. I'm going to keep going. And I wanted to, before that, be married and spent four years with the wrong person. But as they like to say in the movies and on the shows, I didn't give up on love and, you You know, I got back out there after, you know, a spot of healing. Probably should have gotten a couple more spots, but, you know, enough. um, And I got married. And it's not like these things come. And because they were promised from God, they're just easy and everything's perfect. Nah, fam, this is still a fallen world and this is still a struggle, Um. In more ways than one. But that doesn't mean it's still not good. Yeah. My marriage had some unexpected things come out of it. It's still a good marriage. Because we're both still committed to each other. We both recognize that we actually do love each other. And we want this to work. And despite what happens in 3, 5, 10, 15 years from now. Still good. Being a mom, going through the pain of labor. <laughs> Y'all are going to have to listen to my other podcast with my uh, little sister slash best friend to uh, hear that birth story. But um, yeah, Labor. It's not easy. It is called labor for a reason. Being a parent for the first time to a newborn is not easy. It is also a labor of love. But it doesn't mean that when I look at my daughter, I'm not immensely filled with all of the love. So I want to encourage you, whoever's listening to this, If you are not where you want to be right now, or if you're in a season that's very difficult, please keep going because I promise you it gets better. Even if it gets worse before it gets better, it will get better. I love you. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye.